Game Boys. Hey there, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys Podcast. My name is Lux, and I'm your host. Joining me, as always, it's America's favorite clockwork owl. It's Griffin Davis. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's really only one, right? Yeah, there's just the one. It's you. You win by default. Congratulations on your prize. Yeah, I do. I do relate a lot to the evil metal immortal being that is clockwork. And it's something yeah, to aspire you to. Might. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's like we're recording this on a, on a holiday, but, you know, we're we're both adults at this point. Should we even be celebrating this holiday? Oh, I think it's important that we all say happy birthday to weed. Okay, good. That was a test. That we, Absolutely. That we tell weed happy birthday by smoking <laughs> weed all day. Um, this is the this is the day that that weed uh, came back to life after being dead for a couple days, right? Yeah, for three days weed was dead, and then it returned for forty, <laughs> and then it went back to heaven. It came out of a cave. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we're not doing any kind of 420 spectacular, but definitely everyone's smoking weed and enjoying their day. You got to think if Jesus turned water into weed, maybe he would have not been killed. You think that you'd also think everyone at that wedding would still be very thirsty, though. (laughs) 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 They're one that he takes away their one drink, plays it with weed. They're like, well, what are we supposed to wash down this bread and fish with? (laughs) That's true. That's true. Um, well, you know, it's every episode is a, is a holiday to me, Lux. And like every uh, episode, we have a very special guest. That voice you're hearing chuckling uh, in the background is a very funny comedian, Kara King. Welcome. Hi. Hey. Thank you for Hello. having me. Yes. Thanks for coming on our show. Of course. You know, I, I like Game Boy's remote. You know, I don't have to clean up my house at all. I can just turn <laughs> yeah, it on. Yeah, can see. It's yeah, nice. It's, it's pretty good. <laughs> I dig it. And we might we might just keep doing it this way. Yeah. Why don't like, we just stay uh, quarantined forever, you know? <laughs> I'm not hating it. Spring I like, break. I like this big radical change that we're all experiencing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I yeah. don't want it to change back. You got to think that we're going to be useless when we do have to go back. Yeah. I, I felt pretty useless before. So yeah. I feel like maybe <laughs> I won't really have to change anything at all once I go back. I only yeah. work like two days a week right now, and even that's more than I'd like to be working. So yeah, I mean, maybe what, this is the mode in you which work? you thrive. I work where, at a coffee shop. Oh, so we still do takeouts. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I mean, business is down pretty significantly, but I think I think mm-hmm. we're gonna make it out of it better well, than other people will. So yeah, at least I still Dang. have a job. But you're one of them frontline workers, then. As, I am. As Everyone should respect and admire me. For yeah. many wear, reasons, but do you wear a hazmat suit? <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, I do have to wear a mask though. Um, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's a lot less work than I was doing when it was like fully open. So I like that part of it. How's your How's your mask game? What's your mask like? I have quite a few. Uh, my mom actually bought me a mask from Love to Rave dot com. Uh, yes. She thought I would like because she knows that I love to rave. <laughs> is, I also is it spelled to love to rave or it's l-u-v to rave l-u-v the number two how, yeah. how else could it possibly be spelled <laughs> <laughs> um that's great um yeah I, i've been i've been trying to get maybe like a custom a custom one there are some good animal crossing ones i was thinking about getting Ooh. recently i have a good one uh it's over there somewhere, but I have one with Cameron on it, holding a mug that has Cameron on it. Nice. Yeah, mine is mine is like a legit. I got a I got one from a real doctor. 
so it's uh it's reusable it's doctor approved yeah, I have a couple of like serious reusable masks also. Yeah. I'm really excited well, for about 10 years from now when every college party is like 2020s themed and it's all just a bunch of like really cute masks. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's have our 2020 party where we all stay home, get on Zoom and drink wine and wear our masks. <laughs> that is honestly my ideal party. I'm gonna cosplay yeah, well, as the as the guy with the sign that says "Reopen the beaches," but he's still wearing a mask. <laughs> Have you seen those guys? <laughs> yeah, those guys whip ass. Those are the I best types today, of protesters. I don't know. I don't know if this is too dark, but I thought it was pretty funny. Is there was a guy who posted and was like. We need to open up the economy. Who cares about coronavirus? It's not even that bad. It's just like the flu. And then the attached image is like a diptych was his obituary because he died of coronavirus. Jesus. Um, that made me laugh a lot. Wait, was um, it real? Yeah. Oh, okay. God. Yeah. A real, it's a real ass man. It's just, you shouldn't be pro. It's, it's not bad. anymore. This is fair, just, this is fair this point. Is, if these, it's just clear that these are some of the non-gamers that are taking this the hardest. Like mm -hmm. if they were playing any games at all, they would be taking this as a, a nice time. Like they'd well, be handling can, it better. You can tell it's a bunch of non-gamers because a bunch of their signs are like, I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, there's a lot of telltale signs. These people don't know shit about games. Yeah, they also do have like wives and girlfriends standing next to them. Another reason they're not gamers. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I am intrigued. And we've talked about this before that I'm a real a connoisseur of types of guy that you can be, and I'm into the new type of guy that is uh, a quarantine protester type of guy. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I really I think they're a great addition to wife guy. And like coffee guy, beer guy, reply guy. We should really start a list of action figures. Like I think we could, I think that's how we get rich. Holy shit, Griffin. That's actually not a bad idea for a Kickstarter. If we had like a 3D printer that just printed out like a series, like type of guy dolls. <laughs> uh, that'd be incredible. Yeah. You'd have and, your like and guy with like a mustache and like a dumb hat and a sign that just says, well, actually. <laughs> oh. And it's just like, we could sell millions of them. Hell yeah. Uh, they could come with a hammer, so you can break them. This is the part of the show where we where we break huge business ideas. Yeah, this is where we get rich, baby. Um, but let's actually transition to the show the normal way and ask Kara the question is everyone, which is, uh, what have you been playing recently, video uh, games wise? I actually, um, when when you asked me to do this, I re-downloaded the Sly Cooper collection from the PlayStation Store. It's like fifteen bucks. Um, so I played that a bit the other day, but I've been playing Animal Crossing. I think that's Hell pretty yeah. ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, okay. And then I've been playing Tales of Fantasia. Ooh. Oh, what's that? It's uh, have you ever played any of the Tales games? There's yeah. that series of JRPGs. It's the first one. Um, yeah. The Game Ooh. Boy advance yeah. remake yeah like uh i remember we remember we talked about tales of vesperia on the show when i was playing it a little bit it's the same series oh, I love that game. Yeah. yeah tales of vesperia rules yeah um, i also have that one yeah t those games are so much fun they are very very classic rpg are you have you always been a big rpg fan i love rpgs i love uh jrpgs a lot uh oh nice. yeah baby yeah, that's where do you fall around the final the Final Fantasy VII discourse? Are you emotionally attached at all to that? Uh, yeah, I love Final Fantasy. I think Final Fantasy X was one of the first like major JRPGs that I played when I was a kid. That's um, a big one. Yeah, I didn't 
have a like major game console until I was like a like early teenager. So that mm-hmm. was my first one. Um, and then I got really into it. I don't have a PS4, so I don't get to play the remake yet, which is a big bummer. That sucks. Um, yeah, but hopefully when the PS5 comes out, it'll be cheaper and I can copy. Yeah, then. totally. Yeah, yeah. like. Uh, it's it's like it sucks for people who want to get a ps4 right now because we're like potentially like about eight months or less from a ps5 yeah. uh so yeah like it, it would suck to buy a ps4 now and yeah like the remake the remake will be around uh it's it's good uh it's yeah. fun it's i hear very, good things it's very good i wonder if on the ps5 some of the less good things will be fixed like the way that uh, NPCs who you only talk to once look like trash. They look <laughs> awful. And the way their mouths move, it's like their mouth falls out like a fish. Like, it, like it's so strange. It's incredible because NPCs who do matter, player characters, and animals look unbelievably good. The cats look amazing in this Yeah, game. and then you'll have, like, a guy who gives you a random quest to, like, pick up some junk or something, and then he just looks like dog shit. <laughs> and his face falls off, like, mid-sentence. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. fucking nuts. Um, <laughs> um, that's great. Uh, now, I want to hear a little bit about where you are on your Animal Crossing journey. And me personally, uh, you know, I played it a little bit in the beginning, and then I kind of got burnt out at, like, how grindy and, like, how just overwhelmed I was with paying the rent, both IRL and in the game. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm slowly coming back to it, but I just I feel like I play for 20 minutes, and I'm like, what am I doing? But what, how, where are you right now? Um, I'm also – I'm trying to get KK Slider to my town, um, but I'm not mm-hmm. – that invested in that aspect of it um Mm -hmm. i've played i think every animal crossing game other than the ones that weren't made in english um and i guess i it's kind of the reason why i strayed away from fallout 4 as well where like it's a series i really love but i i almost find like there's too much to do Mm. like it's really fun but and i have really bad add so i find myself like torn between like filling up the museum or like making my villagers happy and like terraforming Mm -hmm. is such a huge like oh my god um and i've always loved animal crossing because it's so like simple and yeah low-key yeah then this one this one like they're like there's so many if you want it there's so many extra layers of like complexity in this one because like they keep on adding like characters that are seasonal and come in and do things and like i mean they're adding like crops to this one now in the next patch yeah they're like they're adding uh, a new valley they're adding a new part of the museum uh next which is like paintings i wondered if Um, they were gonna do that yeah, so they they continue to like just like continue like this game is a game that like is gonna evolve more over time more than any of the Animal Crossing games before it. So I think that's something interesting that to like keep you checking in. Yeah, I think I mean I yeah. think the Animal Crossing model definitely benefits from like patchability. You know, mm-hmm. I agree that like being able to every couple months introduce a new feature or two just to keep people like keep new ways to spruce up and redo your island. I think is like going to be a big part of this for a long time. Yeah, I do find myself. Um, replacing my real world tendency to cancel plans with uh, canceling inviting people over to my island Uh, (laughs) it's so socially overwhelming and i feel like and there's you there's really no way you can interact i mean there are but you can't really interact that much the text bubbles are so small so i it i get that anxiety of feeling like i need to be entertaining the person on my island without like yeah any way to do that uh, it's so like I when, it's like when someone that comes over to your house, you feel like you have to like, yeah, be their little yeah 
conductor um you know you can you can connect your phone to the game to like type to people on your phone really fast. Yeah, i didn't yeah. know that you can use the nintendo app to do that yeah or the nintendo so, app if and that if that reduces any level of stress of replying by making it easier <laughs> it does honestly <laughs> um yeah I, i've been seeing all sorts of stuff online i think what keeps me interested about the game is like i see videos online of like people doing like their actual weddings like in the game and stuff like that like doing like wow. real life events that like we have to skip because of the virus they're just recreating an animal crossing and saying fuck it uh which is funny to me to imagine like some aunt that wants to go to the weddings like okay you have to buy a nintendo switch it's on eBay right now for eight hundred dollars. Like, uh, and then like having to like can go through all the steps to get them to attend the wedding. It's like very yeah. fun. I, mean, I was reading something. I meant to actually message a friend of the show, Brian Inseong, about which is uh, people are doing Tinder dates in Animal Crossing now. Yeah, uh, which mm-hmm. I've I love. I love that that you just like match them on yeah. Tinder and you're like, my Animal Crossing thing is this. Come to my island. I'll be the raccoon in a tuxedo. Yeah. Um, And I'll see you when you get here. I wish like 10 years ago when Tinder came out and it was truly just a tool for fucking strangers that like Mm -hmm. somebody could have told us that this is how we would be utilizing it. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. We could really see the transition from like sex app to how to become Animal Crossing buds. (laughs) And we could watch that art kind of play (laughs) out with that foreknowledge. The sexless experience. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I think uh, I think your island says a lot about you. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes first dates, it's like um, there. I mean, this is, seems like a safer way to meet a stranger. I don't know. Like, uh, I think it's great. Um, I watched a team, an improv team do an improv set. I saw uh, that. You saw that one, Kara? I, I didn't see the actual set, um, but yeah, I did see I, that they were going to do it. And I, I, I'm I curious to see like how it goes. three minutes and I was like, well, this is actually better than watching it on a Zoom call. <laughs> like just because like there's like physicality to it. Like they yeah. built a stage and like, you know, when someone in an improv scene walks on, they're like literally like walking on. Like so it kind of worked. Do they have the did- d- annoying voice sound effect for everything? Because like, <laughs> if they did, it would be the same as watching a real life improv show. <laughs> like, oh, that was a callback. <laughs> um, no, it was over Zoom, so you could still hear. They were doing real uh, improv. Uh, they were okay. just using them like puppets, you know. Ooh, How nice. were they doing the audio? Were they like typing it in? Or were they, no, did they, they were, have like they a were, mic? No, they were on mic. Oh, that's kind of cute. What's, that's what's cool about it. So it's like it's like it's like the improv team was like on mic, but like moving their characters around, and like the whole team was there, which is also like a feat to get like an entire improv team to own the game. Yeah, that's what um, I thought when I saw it. But uh, if you can pull that off, it's kind of sweet. And I was like, oh, like that's because like they're like a two person or three person scene. Like it's just much more visually represented. Yeah, that that's seems better. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Anyways, wow. If one thing survives, it'll be the, the cockroaches of improv. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Oh, um, it's all right. I, we've heard it all. <laughs> <laughs> we've. Some of us have said it. <laughs> um, well, uh, Lux, have you been playing anything else this week? Um, or should we just get right to the news? Yeah, I have. I've been poking around at lots of stuff because I've had sort of weird time. Uh, I started playing Warhammer 40k Dawn of War 2, which is a pretty crazy fucking game. It's like an RTS, but you don't make any buildings. It's like kind of like almost like a person versus environment MOBA, which hmm. is pretty weird. Uh, also, Warhammer shit's just so fucking funny to me, and I love it. It's like nice. 
everything's so nasty like every single being is like the dirtiest grossest possible version like space orcs all have names like Z- like zap teeth blood hammer um, <laughs> and they run around and they're like nasty weirdos and like the most powerful weapon in the universe isn't a gun but it's like a big hammer you can have and just like shit like that which i really enjoy the aesthetic of um that and then final fantasy like nice yeah yeah i've been playing final fantasy 2 and i've been saying like the middle of it kind of sucks now lux I think it's just that one section you were talking about because I played okay. through all that maybe, stuff and like maybe once, it gets better once you're out of that tunnel section it like pops back into being really fun once you're in Wall Market and you have all the Don Corneo stuff going on yeah um, I'm still having fun but I was like oh no yeah that part um, really does drag and it's kind of a bummer but once you're out of that it goes back to being this kind of like it's not like fast paced because you have this like auto like run around talk to people quests but they're all like really textured and funny and like Last week on the show, when we talked about the game, I talked a bunch about how I kind of missed the comedy stylings of Final Fantasy VII. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was like a pretty funny game the first time I played it, and then this remake yeah. doesn't really have that juice. This section really brings that back in a lot of fun ways. Like, there's a part where like a doctor is like, "Oh, the sick guy was here. Can you give him this medicine while I take care of your friend?" And then you have to go find the sick guy, and the sick guy is like in a toilet, so you have to go to the bathrooms of all these different places until you figure out which place is the one with the guy throwing up in it. Um. Which is, like, a fun little joke bit. And then, like, all the Don Corneo stuff's really funny. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was nice that they brought back that sense of humor. And so it's, like, again, the thing with this remake that I find really impressive, even though occasionally contributes to my least favorite stuff about it, is that it, like, is really good at switching tones and switching gameplay styles. So you're, like, for a while, it's, like, this fun action fighter RPG thing. And then it's, like, a weird little puzzle game. And it's, like, a weird little rhythm section. And then you got, like, some fetch quests. And so it, like, really Mm -hmm. varies things up in a way that's pretty fun, even if sometimes... The thing they vary to sucks. Um, yeah. Which is the, sec- least, the section you're in is extremely that. Yeah. At least Cloud is smanging. He's still hot as shit. So it doesn't matter. I'll, I'll, I'll play through it. Um, <laughs> and, and we'll get more to that in a second. But uh, yeah, that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into a little new segment, Kara. Welcome back to Toxic or Toxic. It's a video game Ooh. news segment where I say stuff that happened in the news this week. And you tell me from the gut if you feel like it was toxic, as in like bad incel, dark side of gamer culture, get it off my internet. Or if you feel the news story was toxic as in the Britney Britney Spears Spears. song, which is a hit, a banger, a slap, and a good thing. Strong agree. Uh, News story number one, uh, Nevada sports bookers allowing uh, wage offers on Call of Duty video game league because, you know, there's no sports anymore. Oh, um, ooh. I tend to hate Call of Duty and the culture around it in general. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go with toxic yeah. completely. Okay. Nice. Um, hey, from the gut. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I will I will say toxic do 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 even though I 100% agree that I don't like Call of Duty and the culture around it. I like the idea that this is the first step to me being able to gamble on StarCraft. Um, <laughs> which is something I've wanted to do for a very long time. Imagine um, if Uncut Gems was about StarCraft. Oh my god. I'd <laughs> and like, fucking die. Who was the basketball player in that movie? Kevin Garnett. Instead of Kevin, instead of Kevin Garnett, it was some streamer. Some instead like of Kevin Garnett. Streamer. Of Kevin Garnett it's, it's only it's a like matter a, of time. Well, instead of Kevin Garnett, it's like some like like Korean guy named like Dark Moon who <laughs> fucking play, doesn't know anything about they're, anything except StarCraft. They're, instead of a diamond, it's a shiny holographic Magikarp card or something yeah. like that. Like it's some fucking 
And he's like, look, man, I need um, that card if I'm going to take down Dong Renegu. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, I, I, I tend to feel like uh, I don't uh, I don't approve of gambling in general, so I'm going to say that one is toxic. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, Final Fantasy porn searches spike by 7,000% after video game release. Uh, that's that's going to be a Britney Spears toxic for me. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I may not be one for gambling, but I'm always one for porn. <laughs> yeah. And also, like... Let people let the let people be. Everyone's in quarantine. Let them be freaks. Who cares? Yeah. And mm-hmm. let's not act like Final Fantasy characters aren't specifically designed to be hot. Yeah. yeah especially exactly. especially in this remake. Yeah. I heard that. I heard there's the, someone's job at Square is just to like add tiny bits of clothing to the characters to make them more presentable and like less sexy. Like that's someone's <laughs> job. Like like they are more nude when the people design them and someone's job is like okay we gotta put a little more clothes <laughs> here it down. here <laughs> uh, oh, house yeah. mom Tifa needs um, sh- some shorts under that skirt they yeah. say and uh, and you know all the all the women and the men are so hot in this new Final Fantasy and I, I really think that's that's what porn needs. They need more they need more hot guys in porn, you know? Uh, that's 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 how I feel. I I agree. Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, thank you, Lux. I needed Thanks. a full agreement unanimous before I could move on. Uh, news story number three, um, former U.S. Press Secretary Ari Flesher is mad at China because he bought a fake PlayStation 4 controller online. Britney Spears toxic, 100%. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's I love it. Ari Fleischer sucks ass. I hope every controller he ever gets is fake. <laughs> and he, also, you know he could afford to get it in the mail and be like, "Oh, this sucks. I'll I'll just buy fifteen new actual like working like it's no it's not like he's some like broke motherfucker in his like apartment that's like, well, fuck, mm-hmm. I just spent like a bill yeah. on this controller that doesn't work. Yeah, he's right. like he made the he's one of the guys who made the Iraq War happen. He's rich as hell. Yeah, and that was and that cost at least six PlayStation Four controllers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with his share of, of the Iraqi oil, he could have bought God, yeah, yeah. fifteen maybe. Um, yeah, uh, he got the Nintendo PlayStation. Uh, what's it called? The rarest um, of the rarest of all consoles. The funniest part about this story is the image that goes along with it because. Uh, Ari tweeted an image of the controller he bought uh, and the controller like <laughs> it's so obviously fake the the the, the square button is an L um, oh, and baby. the PlayStation board the PlayStation 4 uh, symbol button is just says P4 on it <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like hilariously fake looking uh, and so people dragged him and he eventually deleted the tweet I um, do like that he posted that with any thought other than that like like he was gonna get some sort of like general empathy or sympathy from, yeah, from anybody yeah. at all dude these There's people a- fucking really <laughs> think that everyone cares about their lives and think that they're okay and that they deserve like kindness and it's so funny that everyone <laughs> seems to agree that they don't <laughs> listen there is a silent majority in this country that's been getting fake ps4 controllers for years and they're fed up that's okay? where that's where the votes are somebody has to be brave <laughs> Yeah, somebody has to say what we were all thinking about these PS4 controllers. Um, and, him. and finally, um, NASA creates video game to help catalog the world's coral reefs. 
um, by, by playing the video game, you are helping them identify and locate the last remaining coral reefs. Definitely Britney Spears toxic. Isn't that kind of how Pokemon Go? Yes. Isn't yeah, that kind of how Pokemon Go, Go was created? Yeah, it's been really helping uh, us tamper down on the Pokemon pandemic of all the Pokemon running rampant yeah. through our streets. Yeah, <laughs> no, they use the they use the Pokemon Go information to triangulate where the nests are. Just and then clear useful. them out. Just, just useful. Very yeah. deep state. Um, but yeah, no, I think this is rules. I mean, we talked like there are all these like really cool like games that like trick you into making the world a better place. Um, <laughs> and I think it's good that they should make more of those because they work. I think the gamifying of all work is is on the horizon. Like like even work that, like our normal jobs. That like, I'm less into. I think people are gonna start to gamify all that shit. God, I sure hope not. <laughs> I mean, think about it. It's like when you like even like uh, even on Twitch, like the way that you get new levels of Twitch is like gamified. It's like the way oh. that you grow your career on there. Oh yeah, it's definitely a thing that's happening and happens, but also it sucks ass. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm saying get with the times, man. I mean, I feel uh, like my job is already pretty gamified. Like how many, mm-hmm. how many like serving games or like restaurant games are there? Yeah, they'll never gamify my job of making internet content because there's no <laughs> way to make it fun. Oh, uh, just will, kidding! I'll my, be the one to invent that. Just kidding. My job, <laughs> my job is fun, but it's not a fucking game. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, Kara, that was toxic or toxic. Thank you for playing. Um, you you uh, and let's get to the meat of the segment. I'm very excited to talk about the the game that we discussed um, doing for this episode. Um, it was a big throwback, and it had a lot to do with um, PS Now, um, which is uh, the way that I've been playing old games. That's a great uh, for system. the PlayStation Four. PS Now, um, but fucking whips. And we'll talk about that. But before we get into that, let's hear a little bit of history about this game. In 1997, a group of developers at Microsoft quit and began their own company called Sucker Punch. Their first game, Rocket Robot on Wheels, was released for the Nintendo 64 to mild success, leading Sony to design a deal in 2000 for them to create a game for the PlayStation 2. Sucker Punch began work on a 3D platformer centered around a thieving raccoon named Sly Cooper. The game had a striking, toon-shaded style graphics and an old-school, one-hit-and-you-die style of gameplay. Sales of Sly Cooper were initially poor, overshadowed by two other PlayStation 2 platformers published around 2002, namely Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter. This, however, did not prevent the game from being included in Sony's greatest hits line, republishing it in 2003 at a lower price, slowly growing it to a cult hit with multiple sequels. This week, it's Sly Cooper, the Thievius Raccoonus. Damn, I love this game. I, I also love this game. Um, I also, I mean, I loved Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter. I feel like that was a really good era of like cartoon yeah, platformers. Jesus. Yeah, like they were all similar, but they all had their own flavors. It was such a great time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Jack and Daxter was the dark one. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. this game. I do not like it as much as Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Daxter. Mm. Um, but we'll talk, we can talk about why later. But let's yeah. first let's figure out Hey, Kara, why of all games do you choose Sly Cooper, Thievius Raccoonus? Um, I got my PlayStation 2 when I was like 13. Um, I'd, always, I'd never had like a big major console. I'd always had just like a Game Boy Color. So it was my first like console game. Mm-hmm. I'd played like my other friend's consoles. So I was kind of like whole new world. Um, yeah. 
It's your and first I, console game. That's huge. That's always a big memory. Mine mm-hmm. was Spyro. Oh, I played Spyro before. I actually uh, am playing the remake right now, too. Oh, it's so good. It it's is great. really, really good. A mm-hmm. very solid remake, especially graphically, and a lot harder than I remember it being. Yeah. Um, are you playing the first one? Uh, I finished the first one, and now I'm playing Ripto's Rage. Yeah, the first one's the hardest. The first one has like all sorts of like hard like platforming stuff, and like yeah. it's it's just a little jankier than the next two. Mm-hmm. But Ripto's Rage is probably my favorite, just for the characters and stuff. Like they introduce the leopard guy, and like. Yeah, it really gets a lot more like expansive than the. Yeah, there's like an ensemble of characters then in the second one. (laughs) The characters we love so much, like, and we love them so much, you can remember not their names, (laughs) but what animals they're like. Like Leopard (laughs) guy. He was a leopard. Uh, (laughs) His name is Hunter. Hunter, yes. Mm -hmm. Hunter. Um, But yeah, uh, okay, so this was your first console game. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, what a a great one. Uh, For me, it was. It was a game that I saw at summer camp. Um, like people were playing it um, on the PS2 at summer camp, and it was like a, it was like unlike any kind of platformer I'd ever seen before because of like it's just the visual way of like the kind of the cell shaded like tune. Like it looks kind of like a comic. Book. Yeah, it it really does. I like I when I was replaying it the other day, it just like I feel like they really utilized the graphic limitations at the time like it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like chunky but i feel like the cartoonish aspect of it almost complements that yeah. like angular chunkiness mm-hmm. instead of like, like it doesn't look quite as like celly as like spyro or other things that were also yeah and they time. really like lean into that with a lot of like the really looney tunes mechanics or really looney tunes yeah. like tone of a lot of things which is which is one of my favorite things about the game for sure it was also one of the first it was like one of the, it was the f- what made it different than the other platformers of its like ilk was that it wasn't in necessarily like a fantasy world. Yeah, like they're all animals, but it was like set in like um in kind of like a like a 007, like yeah, very ro- Robin uh, Hoodie, like thieving, like yeah, modern very world. Very like where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Yes. It was very like that. Uh, and so I was like, oh, like this is it felt a little more teen in that way whereas like when you play ratchet and clank and jack and dexter it's like these are like fantasy worlds for like kids kind yeah. of yeah um, it depends on knowing a genre that's not as traditionally kid e yeah. as as like weird goof town sci-fi stuff yeah because fucking because sly cooper was like the first character that had swag like and, and got and got chicks yeah sly cooper's uh, hot sly cooper let's was all, the let's first say it, he's hot yeah, yeah, he was hot. Yes, yeah, like Hooper's uh, definitely a hunk. I don't think it's. it's yeah. I think it's pretty hard to argue with that. It was the first time I, I. It was like it's the first Playboy platformer. That's what I'll say. Cheese, cheese, Louise. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I like all that. I and I think that the controls are. I mean, I guess that's the next thing to talk about that with this game since it's a platformer. Yeah. It's just like how the mistakes yeah. feel. Like yeah, like the controls in the game are like pretty fucking good. I think yeah, they're sweet. It's like pretty smooth to play. Sometimes too smooth. If I'm being honest. I I agree. Like it, it's very it, it's smooth and a, like it's satisfying when you like press a button and Sly like hooks something and you like mm-hmm. get it correctly and the timing's right. Um, yeah, it lets things combo together in a really fun way, which is very mm-hmm. cool and like you said, very very satisfying. Kind of like uh, like 
uh, kind of a in a similar way to like really good Spider-Man games where you're swinging mm-hmm. around and doing yeah. cool stuff. It has a similar feel where you can like tie together a bunch of maneuvers into one like cool super mm-hmm. maneuver. Yeah, because like honestly, and all it was almost truly like more of a platformer in certain ways than the other games too because a lot of the other games like in Ratchet Clank, Jack and Dexter were about like head on attacking people. Mm-hmm. Whereas like Hooper is all about stealth. So it was like taking it back to an interesting level of alt, like completely stealth platforming where most of the time you wanted to sneak around because you really can't like run up against a big guy and like go toe to toe with him. Yeah. And so I liked that about it too. It, it was sort of like because of that, everything was a little more difficult uh, or you had to think about things in a different way than I think a lot of people who could just pick up Ratchet and Clank and just run through a level pressing like square. I do like, wish you had to, you had to the, think more. I do wish the stealth element of combat was a little bit more versatile. They're basically always yeah. it's always basically just like wait till X timing and then go and press square. Like yes. it's like wait yeah. till the big guy picks up his hammer or wait till fire breath guy runs out of breath or wait till mm-hmm. light light guy is facing the other way. And there's not mm-hmm. like you can't I mean obviously this wasn't a uh, viable at the time, but you can't like Assassin's Creed dudes or anything like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, which is a bit of a bummer and a little repetitive, but it is definitely a v- different flavor of combat and different relationship to combat than than a Ratchet and Clank thing or something, which is definitely drawing a little like bit the, more on Zelda. The later games kind of improve upon that. Yes, they do. Um, they give you a lot more abilities. Yeah. Um, and like, so there's a lot more combat abilities. And I think in the first one, you only play as Sly, right? Yeah. yeah and in the later ones, you play as like uh, Murray Bentley and Bentley. And Murray. Yeah, and so like, and that, that like, what's cool about my favorite one is Band of Thieves, which is number two because yeah, it does, that it, one's the best. It one. does what like I think a lot of platformers do is like their first platform game of like a is very simple, and then like the sequel is where they like bring in like an ensemble of like voice actors and characters yeah. and stuff. I feel like they do that with a lot of these games, um, and then like all the missions are have a white more variety because like. Bentley is like a weak person who uses gadgets. He's a little turtle. And then Murray's like a big bruiser. So he just like can only fight people. So yeah, there's like all that variety in the in the, in the sequels uh, that got really great. Yeah. Um, but in this first one, I think one of my favorite things about Sly Cooper is that each each level or each like world in the game uh, really like it has a lot of storytelling around the villain. Yeah. Like each each world is kind of like a villain space and you like learn a lot about that character um, and and like each and there's just so much tone and, and like everything is wrapped around that villain in each level. I mean, it, it does take that's like a big 007 move that the game mm-hmm. is really into where like you don't really show the villains that much until like the final confrontation, but you learn a ton about them by like what their lair is. Yes. Um, and that's always a really fun way to tell a story. And I think the game does execute that super duper well. I mean, I didn't mm-hmm. get through all of it. I was like partway through this, the third guy. Yeah. Um, but just through that, you can super duper tell that like they're really clearly communicating. Like the frog guy, for instance, is like a rich, like weird robot guy. And everything's robot themed and like aristocratic. And then like everything goes to that and then at the end you fight him and he's like the machines man and it's it all like adds up in a way where it's like you don't really need to meet the bad guy to lo- know basically his deal pretty quickly which is a really nice bit of storytelling mm-hmm. i think yeah uh i was just playing through the second one and there's this great there's this great scene where like 
you are snapping pictures at a party and like all the different villains like step out onto different balconies and you like take a picture of them and hear their backstory. And it's like such a 007 scene, like mm-hmm. where he's like meeting uh, whatever. What's that? Scepter or whatever. Spectre. Uh, Spectre. Yeah. Spectre. Scepter, the evil, the, the, the group of evil <laughs> wizards that James Bond is always fighting. That's a different one. He like gets the address wrong and goes to Scepter. Yeah. It's just like Harry. <laughs> it's just like Voldemort. Oh. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like all, all that, all that stuff is is super fun. I think like most of the platformers um, around it again, like did this not as well. Like I think like Jack and Daxter does not have as like especially in the first one as defined villains. Like no. there's these kind of bad guys, but they're like vague. And like what this game does so well is like each area has a character villain. And I think that like that's what's so great about this one. It it makes them I they're very ominous too. That like lack mm-hmm. of their presence, but still like they're omnipresent, but they're still not like present makes them very like intimidating. Like I was mm-hmm. always very kind of creeped out by like the mugshot level, especially because it's such a like like Mesa City, so oh, yeah. this hollowed out like town and he's this like huge, massive, like mm-hmm gangster yeah that was a hard i remember that level being kind of hard it is um, the, the, fir- the first one's the hardest one it's like the mo- it's like the least forgiving like i'm pretty sure like do you even have health in the first one you um, you, you can get, get like it. two horseshoes yeah um it's like so a spyro like that, thing like three hits basically right yeah it becomes a little more forgiving in the second one you have like a health bar mm-hmm. um in that one but yeah in the first one it's and honestly that might be a big part of what kept people I don't like what do you what do you guys think like made people not pick this one up as opposed to the other one? I do have some level design problems with like the first real level. I think that the like intro level where you're like stealing the file from Carmelita Fox is like pretty <laughs> totally great. Mm-hmm. Um but then the for the first like level when you're on uh Raleigh's Island is like kind of shitty in that it doesn't give you any sense of like how your health works or what's going on it has a bunch of jumping traps that like all mm-hmm. feel like I got really annoyed because I didn't realize if you just like walked into the plants, you die. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I get why getting hit with a hammer kills me or I get why falling in the water <laughs> kills me, but I'm just walking into a plant right now. And there was like no <laughs> warning about it or anything. And there's a little bit of that that yeah. just makes it like you have to be kind of patient to like figure mm-hmm. out all the rules. Um, yeah. And it's that's not the best way, in my opinion, to make. I mean, look, you get your like Super Mario level ones, right? Where it's like perfect layout such that the game just teaches you how to play it by like you're just doing it. It's all super intuitive. But that's like there's a reason why that's like the platonic ideal of game design and not how most games work. And this game tries to do a little bit of that and it just doesn't work right away. And I think there's like a barrier mm-hmm. to entry in that way where it's just like can be kind of not that like I can imagine like being an 11 year old and being like at my friend's house being like oh what's a sly cooper let's play a sly cooper and then they're like no that game sucks it's too hard it's dumb um and then it's like okay and then it's like no that now that game's like off the table or whatever you know um i think there's something to like the level design being just a little bit not just unforgiving but just vague at the start that makes it kind of frustrating to get into what do you think kara um i mean it might also be like the Raleigh's level is a little like more not bland, but it's very like doldrumy. So it's not quite as like it doesn't really display how like colorful the game is. 
So mm-hmm. I could see like, especially as a kid who's like getting into a super cartoony, like I like colors and flashing and movement that like a, a first level that's mostly like kind of gray and blue and green with like shades of like very cold machinery might not be as appealing as like the level where they're in like China and everything's super like, like bright red and like, like loud and colorful. Yeah. I think, I think like for, yeah, I think it's a combination of that. I think the stealth element of it is a big thing. It was Mm -hmm. made it different from the other ones. And like, it's for people who like need to understand how to be patient and like, not just like run forwards. Yeah. Um, I think that made things a little bit harder for them, but then also just like, just the vibe, like, and like a large range of different types of kids can like Spyro, but I, th- I don't think most kids like knew what James Bond was. So like they they weren't drawing on the same like the, those tropes and those elements. Like they weren't like they weren't res- like hitting that generation because they didn't know who that was. I mean, they're so going. Yeah, it was- yeah, I mean, going back to what you're saying about the Raleigh level and and the pairs with this is like. What kind of fucking kid is like, ah, yes, the the Isle of Rat, a great Isle of Man joke, the notoriously rainy <laughs> isle, the notoriously rainy island yeah. near Wales yeah. that like all 11 year olds love to talk about. And like, <laughs> like, and like bad guy on a blimp, a classic trope that's certainly for kids. Like there's a lot of stuff in the first one mm-hmm. that like you're saying, Griffin, doesn't tie to like the same kind of, I mean, there's stuff in it that yeah. ties to like a kid's visual vocabulary, like when you hide in the barrel and stuff. But mm-hmm. a lot of it, but like, like, super does. A flirty doesn't. relationship with a policewoman, like, is not like the, like what they're getting normally. <laughs> yeah, totally. It definitely feels a little bit different from, like you said, like Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. It's like we got these two weirdos, they're best friends. There's a problem. They use their team up powers to solve the problem. I've seen a million cartoons like this. Here we go. Um, yeah. And this is very much like my parents watch movies where this stuff happens. I want to play in that world, and it's like a very different a uh, connection than you'd get with, uh, right. With a more sort of, you know, accessible kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But like this, this goes to like, uh, I mean, the PlayStation's greatest hits saved this game. Like, I don't know if there would be like multiple sequels like without that. And like that made me remember it's like, oh, yeah, like when they used to release, re-release games on that, like it it sold a lot more copies. That used to mean something like mm-hmm. that. Do we even do greatest hits anymore? Is that a thing? I think that's kind of what they do with the PS the PS uh, now kind of. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah, that's how they do that. Okay. Yeah. I feel like people aren't going out and like like buying old games like physical copies. Mm-hmm. I like I really like to do that just cuz I like having the physical copy and I don't trust computers to save my right. things um, yeah no yeah like I I, I I like physical copies too but there's just so many games that i want to play like right when they come out at yeah. midnight uh so i ended up getting a lot of digital copies I, w- I was a pretty big uh hard copy guy until relatively recently now that i have all these extra hard drives for playstation games it's like fuck i'm never gonna buy a digital copy or hard copy or anything ever again mm-hmm. i can just yeah. download i can download infinite games i have unlimited space yeah, I think nostalgia gaming has definitely gone to a more digital space. Yeah, unless yeah. you're Speaking like a which, hardcore PS collector. Now, like, have you have you tried PS out? I know you bought this, but do you, have you been playing PS Now at all? Yeah, um, I I don't think it works on PS3. Um, but my when I lived with an ex, uh, he had mm-hmm. a PS4, and so I had PS Now, and it's it's great. I played like all of the Batman games on it, and nice. Yeah, yeah it's also like. Going out and buying a used, like a used game, especially, runs the risk of like 
well, what if I don't like this? And now I just like spent money on this thing and I own it and I don't, I'm not going to fucking use it. Whereas like with PS now you can like try out a game and if it doesn't work, you have like 50 other games and it's like really no skin off your nose. Yeah. yeah and like, just like there's, there's games they put on there that are like $60 that like you can play through in like a week and a half and yeah. spend $10 instead. Yeah. I, like, <laughs> I mean, just looking, just looking for Sly Cooper, I was like, oh man, they have like last summer's Spider-Man game and they have Arkham yeah. Knight and they have XCOM and they have not the new Doom, not Doom Eternal, but the other Doom, like Doom 2016. Like they have a bunch of like cool newish games on there. And it was just like, holy shit. Like for $10 a month, this is on like, hey, brought to you by, oh, P- yeah. brought to you by PS now, this podcast, but like for $10 a month, it's like a really fucking good deal. And you get to, like, get into, like, and there's so much nostalgia shit. There's, like, Sly Cooper stuff. I think there's Spyro stuff on there. Ratchet and Clank stuff. I think Beyond Good and Evil might even be up there. I mean, is Jack and Dexter on there? Because I'll freak out if it is. I think it is. <laughs> I guess there's only I would one be so shocked if it weren't. Yeah, Jack and Dexter was my favorite, especially Jack I love two. Jack and Dexter. The tone switch between the first Insane. game and the rest of the games is nuts. Never, be- never before seen. Like, yeah. I- I- I've never seen anything more drastic than that. Like, have you played that, Lux? Yeah, I have. I mean, not not deeply. I was more of a Ratchet and Clank kid. Yeah. Because um, I fucking love machines. Um, but it, I played Jack and Daxter, and the, the tone switch between the two games is pretty wild, for sure. Uh, okay, looks like I'm looking at it. Okay, you can get the Jack and Daxter bu- bundle online. That's like all the games. Uh, interesting, interesting. That's good to know. Um, <laughs> put that in my records. <laughs> put that, yeah, amongst all my other things. But yeah, like uh, Jack, Jack. Well, the first one was so solid, but then the second one was like GTA in the f- mm-hmm. Neo future, um, and somehow it still felt like it had some of the soul of the first one in it. Yeah, like kind of crazy. A lot of mechanic and style stuff that carries over that really helps. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, I did. The th- oh, third one was so weird. Like, so he's his own dad. Right? What? Jack is his own dad. Like, he's he finds out that, like, Mar is his dad, but then he's yeah. Mar. And yeah. I never really got that. Like, I never yeah. understood classic, how that works. Classic Kingdom Hearts stuff right there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Absolute <laughs> Kingdom Hearts shit. They did kind is of lose like me it? on that one. Yeah, maybe they, so. They, yeah, I can't explain that to you. Um, but yeah, I remember the third one was all about figuring out who this Mar person was, and then, and then it turned out to be him. He's the leg- legendary founder of Haven City, ancient enemy of the Horoquan, an ally of the Precursors. Um, wow, what a meaningful <laughs> sentence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, we're gonna. I'm gonna look into that, and we'll, I'll, Kara, I'll text you later. Figure out I, what, I what happened with this, with this Mar thing. But yeah, those games fucking rocked. Years. They're those great. Games rocked, and they really built giant cities that like were really cool to explore. Yeah. Um. To get back to uh to Sly Cooper, I so one of my problems with this game that was also it's like not like a huge problem because it's also kind of a good thing, mm-hmm. but it's that like so you go to a place, you go to the island, you go to Mesa City, you go wherever, and you end up like you get there and they're like there's these five things you need to do to get into the main zone mm-hmm. um and each one of the things kind of introduces a new type of challenge which is pretty fun like whether it's like sneak around a barrel jump over these things like they're kind of centered on a specific mechanics a lot of the time although less so as the game goes on which is good um but sometimes they can feel so repetitive when it is like mm-hmm. based on a singular mechanic like there's one part in raleigh's thing where it's like 
you got to dodge these lasers and jump on these lily pads and then keep dodging these lasers and jump on other stuff. And it's just like, I'd like to do a thing where I press not X for like one mm-hmm. fucking second. Yeah. Um, they can be kind of samey in that way. And like, that's my problem with Vizavi versus Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank is that Jack and Daxter, mm-hmm. Ratchet and Clank came with like a million ways to solve puzzles and a million different variants on what puzzle solving was. And mm-hmm. this game gets pretty samey at spots, which is a little bit frustrating because I think stylistically yes. and like aesthetically and like the tone is all like pretty like, mm-hmm. um, but just the gameplay becomes kind of repetitive in a way that just doesn't quite juice my goose. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And they fix that in the, in the later ones, but in the first one, that's definitely a problem. Yeah. yeah. I, I also found some of the power ups that you get. I didn't use a lot of them. Like, um, like, like, which ones? The is it is it in the first one where you can make like a a copy of yourself? I think as like a decoy, like a, de- like a decoy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I so. used that like one or two times, um, mm-hmm. and otherwise it wasn't very like like just some of the some of them are like helpful and like cute like once or twice, but they're never mm-hmm. like they don't do enough to really like spice up the gameplay. Yeah, and I totally. think they do get that better in the later games, but yeah, some of them are just kind of like. I, I love to like collect things in video games, so I'm always gonna like get all the things that are there are to collect. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like after I get it, I don't really use it. Yeah, yeah, I did like getting all the clues, unlocking vaults and stuff. That's like a very yeah. fun component. I mean, one thing in this really? game, I think I feel like I sound really negative about this game. I like it a lot. I think that my thing is that like it's aesthetic in so many ways is like so deeply my shit. Like I love mm-hmm. fucking crime high stuff. I love like lo- we've talked about this on the show a bunch. So like I am much more a Looney Tune. If you have to choose like a like a cartoon kingdom, I'm way more Warner Brothers and Disney. Like I fucking love Looney Tune stuff. I love the fucking tiptoe sound effect and like pulling up the barrel and all that shit. It's just like it never quite feels as goofy. It never like plays as goofy as it feels. Quite it, like never quite gets to that point of like being super zonked mm-hmm. out the way that like the tone wants it to be. I think mm-hmm. that just kind of bums me out because I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, I want this puts, game to be as crazy. A deep depression. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have like my low level quarantine depression already. So maybe that's like just like what's kicking it off. And this is just driving me deeper. But like, it's just hard to like, yeah, I just want it to be like way more like Bugs Bunny because it feels like yeah. it wants to be way more Bugs Bunny than it's able to yeah. pull off. But it has like limited resources and stuff. So it can't. So it sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and for me, like, I guess the only thing detracting thing for me is that like, Sometimes in the first one, the camera angle Ooh. and the platforming challenge just drive me fucking insane. I mean, that was a uh, problem of the era. That was true in like yeah. every single one of those fucking games that you get into a challenge. But you where- feel it especially in this one because yeah, there's just some stuff that's like really screwy. That's like like almost almost as bad as like Crash Bandicoot. Like sometimes like yeah, there's one in Raleigh's uh, level where like these hooks swing over your head, but when they get into the place where you have to jump to hook them, they're outside the camera view. Yeah, yes. so it's just like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Like, I can't, <laughs> I said, like, kind of guess. Yeah. Um, um, so there's stuff like that. But uh, anyways, uh, we will give you our final thoughts and our ratings on this game after this commercial break. Griffin, have you ever thought about how hard it is having a dad? Every day of my life. And, you know, it's kind of hard, you know, being a dad and having a kid, right? It seems pretty challenging. Oh. Honestly, even harder. I, that's why I don't think about that either. What if you could mash up those two jobs into one guy? You could be your dad and have yourself as your dad. Whoa, wait, are you saying that I could I could put myself, I could ground myself? You could ground yourself. You could let yourself out of being grounded early. 
You could give yourself wow. some ice cream as a treat or make it so you're not allowed to go to the movies because you got to see and buy it. Um, but what am I, what about my favorite thing? Uh, playing catch. Well, you can play catch with yourself if you just learn to throw the ball really, really high thanks to this great device. The data, the datificator. Oh, incredible! It's a long name. Yeah, it's the datificator. It's hard to say, <laughs> but what it does is it merges the timelines such it's that like you Swedish. are both your own dad and your dad's son, but you oh, are wow, but look. one person. Oh dang! I just used it, and I'm sitting on my own lap right now. Yeah, and look, you've got this mustache. <laughs> it's you're you've, you're a dad for real. My God. This is all reference to something we talked about earlier. And you're going to hear about it. You'll have already <laughs> heard about it. And you'll wonder why we did this. And the answer is advertising stuff that we talk about, but probably cut from the episode. Later. Bye. Hey there, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boys podcast. My name is Lux. And I am your host, your co-host, Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Kara King. And we are still talking about Sly Cooper, the thievious raccoon is. Uh, this is the part of the show where we rate that Game Boys, girls and friends beyond the binary. What's going to happen, Kara, since you are a guest, I will explain it to you and also listeners is we will all give our final thoughts on the game, followed by a rating on a scale from one to five joysticks. Uh, that is, you give your final thoughts, then the rating, and we'll start with you because you are a guest, and common courtesy means you go first. So oh, take it away. thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, I've already said I love this game. Um, obviously, it has, you know, a lot of the faults that a first game in any series tends to have, but I think they did a pretty solid job with what they had, and I think they also did a really solid job of fixing those problems in the later games. So... Just on, I, I would say four out of five because it's still a great game to play, um, in spite of its in spite of its faults. Yeah. All right, Griff. What about you? What do you think? Yeah, I'm gonna be very similar. Like, yeah, I mean, I for all of its faults, I really appreciate a game with style, and this this game mm -hmm. is like the persona of of platformers. Like, it has like all like the visual and like music uh, and character style that I I really enjoyed and like really caught my eye. Um, uh, when I was younger, when I was playing these platformers, as something different, and I and so uh, they did something different. They did something a little bit harder. Um, and despite the camera angles and stuff, there was there was so much to the levels in terms of uh, storytelling and stuff. And uh, I still think it's fun to play. So I also give it four joysticks. Oh, wow! Um, and then like they just improve upon the formula. So yeah, for I, sure. That's also why. Um, yeah, I, I I'm gonna go a little bit lower. I just feel like it. It's frustrating because there's so much I love about this game. Like I said, like the style fucking whips. The levels are really cool in theory. I just think the layout and design is not as good as I want it to be. I also think that like there's some it's like I said, I refer earlier to the game being a little bit too smooth um, for me. And it just feels like there's not quite a fully tactile sensation to some elements. Sometimes there definitely is, but not always. Mm -hmm. And so it's really easy to like try to jump off a cliff, but you just accidentally walk off of it. Mm -hmm. Um stuff like that or like it's easy to skid off the side of something because the camera's in a weird place shit like that um yeah. it's just like little quality of life things um but i do love the aesthetic and i like the story a lot and i like the characters a lot and i like the little metal gear kind of tone of like having the little nerd in your ear being like snake you got a guy in a box yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah and that is pretty that good. fucking rules um but i'm just gonna i'm gonna give it three and a half a little bit lower than you guys it just didn't quite yeah, that's fair it didn't yeah. quite juice it for me and then you like put it up against its contemporaries it's definitely more stylistically ambitious but a lot less like game wise ambitious than than like mm -hmm. a da jack and daxter action clank and i think that that sort of like makes it a little bit less for me but it's still really good and really fun yeah. and i'll probably play it occasionally when i just feel like jumping around 
Yeah, I mean, damn, I might go play Jack and Dexter after this, guys. It might be that kind of day. I mean, happy 420. It's a solid happy, way to spend your time, yeah. Happy birthday yeah. Happy birthday to weed. Happy Jack to happy your Dexter. Birthday. We could probably beat Jack and Dexter in a day, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. Maybe. I have no idea how long that game is. I feel like in my, memory, <laughs> in my memory, it's like 100 hours, but I bet it's like six. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kara, thank you so much for coming on Game Boys. Yeah, you were thank you guys so for much fun. Me. If you have any other games of the era like that, we'd love to have you back on in the future. Of course. Or if you I'm, want to come on I'm and talk tales. Oh, we can talk oh, tales, yeah. we JRPGs, whatever. We're going to be here. We're all going to be in our homes. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this, is our, this is this is our time. Um, <laughs> this is, this have, is why we play. Do you have anything that you would like to plug or tell people about? Or just is there a way that people can find you if they want more? Um, I mean, I have Instagram, Kara Rachel with, a, with an A and Rachel. Um, I'm not really doing anything right now, obviously, because everything's shut down. But when everything's open again, I'm on a gutter at the pack. Uh, yeah. Third Wednesdays at eight, maybe. I don't know. Who knows how things are going to be when this opens up again? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Gutter is a very funny sketch team at the pack theater. Um, In Los Angeles, California, America. Yes. One day it will be back. Back, back. I say that. Out loud, oh, you're manifesting to man. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I'm manifesting into the destiny. ether. <laughs> Don't say manifesting destiny. That's a really loaded one. Um, uh, on that note, uh, yeah. You have anything you want to plug, Griff? Uh, no, we, uh, me and me and Lux are continuing to come up with new game streams on the Choom Room. So tune into twitch.tv slash Choom Room to find out more of that stuff. Yeah. We're we'll playing some Worms Ultimate Mayhem tournaments Ooh. coming up soon. Yeah, no no tabletop uh, this week, but yes, Worms. Yes, it's going to be very fun. So I'm very excited about that. And uh, stay tuned. Uh, yeah, and Wisecrack, we're cranking out more stuff than you. For some reason, we're making more stuff than usual during the quarantine, I guess, because other people like don't have anything to do. So you want to like make them watch our videos. Um, so go check out Wisecrack on YouTube. It's real fun. We did a really fun episode about The Matrix recently. Oh, and we also did one about fucking pandemics, which is pretty topical, and you probably might be interested in about the history of diseases. Um, so check that out if you want to. Make sure to check out our producer and editor, Haley Clement, on Instagram and YouTube at Eat Every Sound. It's food-based ASMR, and it whips ass. Now is the part of the show where we end it. My name is Lux. I am your host, your co-host Griffin Davis, your guest is Kara King, your editor producer is Haley Clement, your intro out to music by Matthew Moore, and your art by Brittany Metz. Goodbye, Internet. We love you very much. Sly Cooper and the Thievius Raccoonist.